Refuge, how's it going, everybody? Good? Some of those, some of that is not true for some of you because some of you are already back in school. Who's back in school already? Raise your hand. Yes, Christian school people in the house. Who's ready for school in a week and a day? Nobody. That's what I thought. Uh, hey, I've been, uh, I've been on vacation, and uh, I've been all over the place this summer, so I've got to tell you, I'm glad to be back. Um, very glad to be back. Uh, if you didn't see on social media, if that's not your thing, uh, my wife's been pregnant now for 20 weeks, whatever that is in months, uh, and we just found out we're having a baby boy, people, baby boy. So tonight is the last refuge of the summer. Um, sad face, all right? That means summer's over. That means school year starts. Um, I know you guys are pretty stoked for the school year, let's be honest, but like at least the first day. You guys not get excited for the first day? The first day was always cool. You got to show off some new clothes. You got to see, uh, you know, your teachers, whether you're going to like them or not. And then the second day was like, oh, no. Like, this is real life. This isn't just, like, try it out. How many people are going into high school? Raise your hand. Into high school, people. We got to cut one. Tyler Welch, yes, you're there. Awesome. I'm excited about that. Hey, that's a big, huge transition. How many people are sixth graders? You're starting, you're starting junior high right now. Raise your hand. All right. All right. Yeah, they're, they're texting. You already, you're already learning. You didn't even know I'm talking to him. Okay. You're already learning how to be a teenager, texting during refuge. Okay. Um, so here's what we're going to do tonight. How many people would say, tonight, by the way, is going to be, we, all through the summer, we've been uh, looking at parables of Jesus. If you don't know what a parable is, a parable is a small story that Jesus tells in the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, to kind of show a huge, huge, like, kingdom principle. Like, man, something you could, like, really plug into your life, but it sometimes are kind of weird stories. How many of you guys enjoyed Hayden last week? Hayden? Anybody Hayden lovers? Okay, Hayden, he's the man. Oh, man, he just came on staff with us at Hope. He's going to plant a church here in town. I'm sure he talked about that, but, um, man, that dude's awesome. I love, I love Hayden, and I was bummed I didn't, I wasn't able to check him out. But um, so tonight we're going to talk about a parable. We're also going to kind of talk about what's next for refuge. All right. So um, we're kicking off again in the fall like we always do. But we're going to kind of give you some 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 uh, some stuff about what's changing and why we're changing some things. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But if you're new, I say that to, to just let you know tonight will be a little different for you. Like we're still going to open up the Word of God because we do that every week. But we're also going to kind of talk as a little refuge family. So uh, welcome to the family table. That's where you're at tonight. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit as a family. But how many people have an aspiration, which means you have a desire or like a goal, to be a... a Give it up. I love that, man. You guys are ambitious. No, I'm going to give you a high five. I think it's your, like, your first time in Refuge, and I'm super stoked about it. Give these, give these girls a hand. How many girls have a dream? Me! I got a dream! Good job. But there's more. Um, how many of you guys have a, 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 an aspiration uh, to, to be like a, I don't know how to say it, a person who, who really loves statistics? Raise your hand. Dude, I love it. All right? Like, you strafes, strafes, like, like, like the program Microsoft Excel kind of gets you happy. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, when you see that, you're like, your heart starts beating, like, faster. Not from stress, but from excitement. You know what I'm talking about? Um, okay, so I looked up some stats this week, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this because I, I want to get to a stat that I think is totally not true, all right? You guys ever read stuff on the internet, and you're like, no. By the way, the internet isn't totally true. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, everything you Google is not true, okay? Uh, but uh, there's some statistics that I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm going to give you a few. I looked up, we're going to talk about some statistics about death, because it's gloomy and sad outside. And then we're going to talk about a statistic on life, and then a totally random one that I thought was crazy. And you guys be the judge. Thumbs up if you think it's true. Thumbs down if you think it's false. So we good with that? Let's try it. Thumbs up. Okay, this is thumbs up. You're not too cool for this, people. Thumbs up, everybody in the room. Thumbs down. Okay, good. Here's the first stat. This is about death, okay? 
This, no, it's not from Facebook. This is from, this is, the, no joke, the name of this website is IWasteSoMuchTime.com. Yes. Well, that's why you created this website. Um, lightning. Lightning kills 10,000 people annually. What do you think? By the way, there's no answer. You're going to have to research this on your own. I have no idea. Sorry. I'm just throwing it out. You guys are the judge, the jury, and everybody else, okay? Um, so I don't know the answer to this. I would say false. I would say false, okay? Yeah, I just, I, I have no idea. Like, this is, this is, this is, I'm going to push you towards education. Go, go study it, man. Go study lightning killing people. Uh, hippos, I think Micah and Ben and, and Melissa can attest to this. Hippos kill 2,900 people annually. Hippopotamuses or hippopotami. Hippopotami? Correct me if I'm wrong, but they said it's like the most dangerous animal in Africa or something crazy like that. I'm telling you, hey, they, were, they went to Africa, man. I'm just saying. Uh, here's, here's another one. Here's another one. Shopping on Black Friday kills 550 people annually. I think that's false. Listen. Yeah, but you hear, shh. But you hear, like, they blow it up if one person dies. I, I'm not, like, making fun of that person. But it's, like, lady in Walmart in Alabama. It's always in the south because they're just crazier. They're, like, lady in Walmart in Alabama gets trampled. And then they talk about it for an hour on CNN. Not 550 people. False. Getting out of bed kills 450 people annually in the United States. Have you guys ever seen, have you guys ever seen Home Alone where he lays all the marbles out or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? If you haven't seen Home Alone, jeez, get a life. You need to be on IWasteSoMuchTime.com and go watch it. Two more, two more. Deer, and the, pic, the picture they show, I wish I could show it. It's like a little baby deer because they're, deer kill 130 people annually. Listen, have you seen that video where that deer comes through the bus and he's jumping around the city bus? Have you seen that? That's like a viral video. Go check it out. This poor deer has no, he just like walked into like, you know, the, you know, like way in the future. Cause he's like, what is this? He's jumping around. He look, it looks like, you know, he can jump through it, but it's a window. So he knocks himself out and he's freaking out. It's in a city bus. It's hilarious. So I believe that one. Okay. And uh, one more <laughs> hot dogs kill 70 children annually. Look, they, they post the hot dog eating contest on ESPN. So kids are like, I'm going to do that. And kids die. I believe that one. I'm not trying to be insensitive here. Here's the random one, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to vote on this one. This one for sure is true. Did you know that 38% of, uh, now everyone, by the way, is going to want to be, per, uh, how do you say that, Strabes? Stat. Statistician? How do you say that? Statistician or something like that. It's too many, too many syllables. Statistician. After all this, you're going to be like, man, I want to do that. Excel sounds pretty cool now. But here's the deal. 38% of 911 calls are butt dials. You guys ever done that? If you don't know what a butt dial is, it's when, like, you call somebody because you sat with your butt on the phone and it called them, okay? Um, some people call it pocket dials. Butt dial sounds way more... Cool. Uh, so 38%, okay? Let me give you another one. And this is, this is kind of where, this is kind of the, the jumping point of where I want to be tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about a parable. Um, and I've, I do not, this statistic is crazy wrong, okay? I, 
they say it's a fact on the internet, but I think we're going to poll here in just a minute because you guys know your friends. You know what school you go to. You know your families. Um, here's what the, uh, the, the American Christian statistics are. Are you ready for this? By the way, if you didn't know, like America is like a Christian nation, okay? That's what they say, you know? But by basically that means if, if you cornered everybody in America and you like pinned them down and said, we're going to, you know, let a deer loose on you if you don't tell us the answer. Uh, what religion are you? That's kind of what we're talking about. We're not necessarily talking about they're actually Christian. But here, here is, uh, here's what the American statistics say. And I checked a few different sources. Check this out. This is crazy. They say that 78.4% of Americans are Christians. Okay? A, a three quarters of the United States of America. Now let me ask you a question. Thumbs up or thumbs down? For the people that you know in your life, thumbs up or thumbs down. 78%. And I'm like, no way. This website has to be one of those, like, I wasted so much time.com websites. I'm going to go on the other one. It's like, no. Wow, they're really saying that half, and if you've heard the statistic, they say like 3 billion or 4 billion people in the world are evangelical Christians. Now, um, what that means is if you had to pick a religion on a, a checkbox, you would pick Christian. But here, here's, here's kind of where I want to get tonight with you guys. We know that's not true. Listen, we're about to go to school, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute uh, later on. But if you are not going to what we're calling back-to-school weekend next weekend, you are lame, lame, lame. It is going to be incredible. We're going to show a video later and talk about it a little later. But that's happening next weekend. And here's why we're doing that weekend and why we're pumping this whole thing up, because here's the, here's the deal. That is not true. You guys know you're jumping into schools, and you guys are about to go into uh, maybe some of your families, and, and you would say, there's no way. There's so many lost people around me. How we said it at Hope is 98% of this city is lost, meaning they don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't know the terminology, when we say lost, here's what we're saying. 98% of our city, which means your school, your family maybe, 98% of the people that live in Las Vegas, if you bumped into them in the store, 9 out of 10 people have no clue who Jesus is. And yeah, maybe they check a box that says Christian, but they don't follow after Jesus like we're going to see in the Bible here in a minute. They don't, it's not a lifestyle thing. It's not a, man, I've given my life to this type thing. It, it, and by the way, that's not why we meet here on Sunday nights or on Sunday mornings. We do not meet, and if, you, if you've always thought church was a bunch of people getting together to sing some cool songs and hear from, you know, a couple Bible verses and then feel good about themselves, that is not at all why we meet here. Here's why we meet here. We want to make disciples, which are true, passionate followers of Jesus, specifically in refuge, we want to make those disciples out of teenagers. Out of seventh or maybe sixth graders through seniors in high school, man, how do we not just make you check a checkbox that says, if I had to pick, I'd say Christian. No, how do we make you a real passionate Jesus follower? And we're going to see an example of one of those in the Bible tonight. So if you do have your Bible, open it to Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, listen, every single week we're in it. If you don't own one, uh, if you have a smartphone, you can download an app called Uversion. It's got like a bunch of translations. It's amazing. If you don't own a Bible though and you want one, come talk to me. We'd love to get you a Bible because we believe it'll change your life. We believe as you read this thing, it'll rock your world and you'll be a different person because of it. So um, just know at Refuge, we're always going to be in it. We're always, always, always digging into the Word of God. 
in, uh, in Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse uh, 30. It's, uh, who's ever heard of the Good Samaritan? Raise your hand. Now this, you may have never even opened the Bible, but you've heard of the Good Samaritan. I was watching the news um, a, couple, uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, before I actually even knew I was going to be teaching on the Good Samaritan tonight at Refuge. And that's like uh, just a, a term our society uses to explain somebody who did a good deed. Like, People who don't even, could care less about God, they go, um, there was a good Samaritan that offered their car to this person. You still got your hand up, dude. <laughs> I love it. You're reading the word, dude. Get in it. I love that. You were just mesmerized by the word of God. You just keep rocking it, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 10, the good Samaritan, what you've heard maybe a lot in, your, in our culture, you're going to see that it, it comes from the Bible. Here's what it says in verse 30. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. Here's what it says. Jesus replied, let's stop there. What did he reply to? Earlier in this passage, if you didn't know, people did not like Jesus. In fact, they didn't like him so much that they killed him. Okay, that's what we just sang about. And that's what Ben just talked about when the veil was ripped. People had like an uprising against Jesus, okay? And so they would always try to trap him in his words so that they could arrest him and kill him. They kind of had a game plan. And so uh, a lot of these religious people would come to Jesus and would try to trap him in what he said. And in this particular instance, they came and they said, um, Hey, uh, Jesus, what is the most important law of all the laws? And by the way, there's like over 500 laws. Like, don't do this. Don't wash your clothes this way. Don't have two different color uh, fabrics in your clothes. Like a million weird religious laws that people live by at that time. And so they come to Jesus and they go, we're going to get them. Jesus, uh, what's the most important law? You can only pick one. Go. And of course, Jesus, being God, created their minds to even think to trap him, said, okay, I'm going to get you here. Here's what he says. Jesus replied to them, before we get into the story, he says, I want you to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But stop, 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 that's not it. And love your neighbor as yourself. Do those two things. And they're just like, Whoosh. and then he goes on and he tells this story. Because they said, well, who's my neighbor? He said, love your neighbor. Who, who's my neighbor? Is it the person that lives next to me? Is it my mom? Is it my brother? Who's my neighbor? And so he says in verse 30, we're going to start with on the screen. Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest, there's person number one, was going down on the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, another religious person, number two, who was on a, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, huge three words right here, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast. I love that, by the way. It just means like donkey or horse, but it's a beast. Okay, he puts him on his own beast and brought him, that's why the Bible's cool, to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took uh, out two denarii, uh, denarii, and he gave uh, them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of them, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be neighbors to a man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, Go and do the same. Here's the story. This guy gets beat up, mugged, they strip him, they beat him up, he's bloody, and and just totally beat up there on his way to Jericho from Jerusalem. By the way, a Samaritan is is somebody from a a country called Samaria. They were not 
looked upon good, okay? These people were the lowest of lows. Don't talk to them. Avoid their city. If, even if it takes you two extra days to travel, these people are nobodies. Don't mess with them. That's a Samaritan. So a priest, right? We know that. That's like a religious person. That's like, you know, this guy like works at church. He's a priest. He's a, he like does really spiritual religious things. It says he saw the bloody, naked, beat up man. And he passed by on the other side. Then a Levite. By the way, Levi, if you study it in the Bible, in the beginning of the Bible, man, the Levites, these people were, their family was like the, the, the people who met with God and conveyed it to the people. So here's, here's our translation. Man, this, this guy's family was somebody. You guys know those people where, man, their family is really godly. And, and you would even associate, oh, man, that's, man, that's, that's Scott's kid. Oh, man, that's, you don't know that family? That, the Levites were like this royal family from generation, generation, generation that God had chosen to, to speak for and be priests to the people. And so it says this Levite. So basically, this guy comes from a really, really godly, spiritual family. But he sees the guy, and he passes by. But then there's this Samaritan. Remember, this down and out, nobody cares about him don't even look their way. Don't go near their towns. They're dirty, ugly people. We don't want them. They're the nobodies of society. They see him, and it says he felt compassion. Now, here's why I bring this up as we talk about tonight, and then we're going to jump into talking about some changes about refuge. We, every Sunday night, come here and what we're trying to do is we're trying to not produce people who know a lot of spiritual things we're not trying to fill your head with bible knowledge so that you can win arguments in your debate class when you go off to college we are not trying to create in you a religious heart but here's the deal sometimes you can come to church and every week you can come to church you can come to church you can be a part of bible studies you can get involved in serving you be in the worship band and if you're not careful you'll start to be a little religious levite or priest but when you see people desperately in need and you got other things to do i love this isn't in the bible this is scott's imagination okay you gotta have an imagination when you read the bible Uh, who knows what these guys were going to do i mean these are religious people the levite uh, he comes from a royal family a religious family man this guy could have been on his way to a bible study he could have been on his way to talk about how they're going to restructure the temple and get it to where you know it's better for people and he could have been on his way to do some important things Jesus, or, 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 or godly things. The priest, man, that, this dude could have went, he was on his way to make sacrifices for people's sin. He could have been on his way to do, uh, to, to preach the Bible. But they see a person in need. And it says they, they, they see him. It's not like they were you know, on Twitter and they, di- they didn't see him. A lot of times we can do that, right? We just have our heads down and we don't even like see people around us that desperately need our help. That could be here too. If Twitter was around, I think that'd be in the Bible, but it's not around. So he, 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 they see him, it says. And they say, ooh, I'm going to go the other way because that's a little too messy for me. Man, that guy's bloody and he's naked. And he's been beat up and I know he needs help, but I have more important things to do, more spiritual things to do, more religious, more godly things to do. Again, that's me having an imagination, but I don't think it said priest and Levite for, any, for no reason. And these are religious people. But then it says the Samaritan comes, and he reaches down in the mess. He bandages this guy up, and he pours oil and wine, and he takes this guy, and he pays for him to be taken care of. And he even says, I got to go, but I'm going to come back tomorrow, and whatever you spend that I didn't give you, I'm going to give you that. 
And here's why I want to kind of chat about that tonight. Remember what Jesus started this conversation off with. They said, hey, what's the, what's the most important commandment, Jesus? And Jesus said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. But, wait, 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 wait. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus didn't just say, man, be really spiritual. Love God, sing to God, study your Bible every day. Just just be really, really spiritual and do a lot of spiritual things. Love the Lord your God with everything you got. And then leave it at that. He combined it. Remember, this is one commandment with love your neighbor as yourself. Here's what I believe Jesus is saying, and I want us to kind of talk about it for a minute. You can't just say that you love God and you serve God and you want to worship God and do nothing about it. When you say you love God, the only way it works is if what you do is consistent. Does that make sense? You can't just say, I love God, I worship God, man, refuge is the bomb. I love coming every Sunday night. And I, man, I'm a part of this Bible study and, and I'm a really, really spiritual person loving God with everything I got but have no compassion and no love for the people that are desperately hurting around you. Because earlier, you guys all did the thumbs down with the fact that 78% of the people around you know Jesus. Well, what does that mean? That's the dude or the girls in your life that right now are bloody and sitting there desperate for your help. They may not look like they're in need, but you know spiritually they're so in need of something. And if we're not careful... When we gather, especially as students, man, some of you guys are here every week, and I'm so thankful for that. We love to walk with you through the scriptures and to worship with you. But if we're not careful, we'll love God with everything we got, but we don't, we don't do anything to, to, to make that count. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying you have to do things to please God. But let me give you an example, and I've shared this with you before, but if I told you right now there was a bomb in this building, right under one of your seats is a bomb that's going to blow us all away. And then I just kept talking. You'd be like, there's no bomb. Or Scott's stupid. Like, if there's a bomb under one of our seats, listen, if, I'm, if I really believe there's a bomb under your seat, guess what I'm doing? I don't care how messed up it is outside or not. I am bailing, and you can all follow me or suffer the consequences. I'm out, okay? I'm leaving the place. Why? Because I'm putting feet to what I say. If I really believe there's a bomb, I'm doing something about it, and I'm running If you really believe that Jesus is who says he is, if you really believe that he rescues people, and some of you guys are in this room and you're like, dude, I've been rescued. God has just totally blown my mind with what he's done in my life. If you really believe that and there's nothing in your life to show for it, it's bogus. If you really believe that Jesus is everything that we talk about that he is, there would be some sort of action to accompany that to make it work. can't do anything to earn God's favor you can't do anything to earn God's love God loves you no matter what but if you have grasped that love and experienced that love I promise you there will be trails of that in your life all over the place and one of those trails is the three words that said the Samaritan had he felt compassion man that kind of rocked me this week how many people in my life are just, you know, not physically, but they are just totally beat up and totally helpless and totally lying there, being robbed of this world by all the things in their life that are crashing down around them, and, and do I feel compassion for them? You guys are about to go to school, and by the way, again, 
this, if you're still not like convinced of all this, come to back to school weekend, okay? It is going to be a celebration, a huge, you guys are going into a mission field. Yes, you're going to school. Yes, we want you to get good grades. Yes, we want you to join your sports teams and all that because that's a way to further the mission field. But you're about to walk into school where we know 78% of the school isn't Christian. There's a ton of people in the school that are helpless and hopeless and need bandaged up. And you say, hey, I got the remedy for this sin thing. It's called Jesus. And I got it. And I want to share that with you. If you're going off to college, there's a bunch of people in a minute we're going to be able to pray over that are going off to college. Listen, the college scene is so jacked up with the world's desires and things that you can't even imagine that you think you know yet, but you're going to step into in the next few months. You're going to be able to say, you guys think you're like living the life right now, but you're actually, you're band, you're in need desperately of some, some bandage and some oil and some wine to, to, to heal you. And I can bring that to you. And that's why we exist. That's why Hope Church exists. Man, if you ever think, if you just go to church enough, God will be happy with you. That's not why we exist. We do not exist so that we can create a bunch of, like, Bible heads. We can just go out and win a debate one day. Man, we want you to know the Bible, but we want you to know the Bible with feet to your faith that makes it matter. So, how do we translate that into next fall? Here's one of the things that... Um, we've said over and over again, and then we'll finish up here tonight. But here's one of the things we've said over and over again at Refuge. And if you haven't heard it, because maybe it's your first time, here's, here it is for the first time. Um, what we're doing right now is not the most important thing you could do tonight. Man, the music was awesome. Dude, if you've never experienced God through worship music, um, I, I pray that you do. I pray that you just maybe, maybe you don't sing well, or you feel weird, like closing your eyes. Listen, in a minute when we sing again, just throw all that out. It doesn't matter if you sing well. It doesn't matter if there's people around you. If you just are a Christian and you never, like, experience God blow your mind through worship, you need to, like, get on that, okay? Because it's awesome. If you just say, God, I just want to worship you for who you are. We're about to sing some songs right now that are amazing. If you've never done that, you need to because it's awesome. But that's not the most important thing that we can do here at Refuge. We study diligently the scriptures, both at Hope and at Refuge, when we come to teach you here, man, we pour over this for hours every week, and we want to create a a message that's going to impact your life, but that's not the most important thing you could do at Refuge. I I hope that you write stuff down. I hope that you maybe can remember things six months from now, one-liners that we said that really impacted your life. We all have those. We all have some sermons that we've heard that really made a dent in our lives. And maybe you tweet some things and you're inspired by some things, but this is not the most important thing that we can do. The most important thing, and we don't do them during the summer because we want to give our leaders a break and we want to go to the park, but the most important thing we do in this student ministry is something called small groups. And maybe you're like, yeah, I haven't been in my small group. Listen, the most important thing that you can do in this ministry that we do here for students is your small group. The most important thing. Because here's why. Look how many people are in this room right now. Do you think, like, I'm, like, directly speaking to every one of you? I, I, I kind of am, right, because I'm looking all around the room. But I'm not sharing face-to-face, one-on-one, getting in your life. Man, I want to walk with you because I'm a little further down the road than you, and I want to take you there with me. That's where discipleship happens, is when you, and if you never experienced that, man, I hope this next semester you get with one of your small group leaders, and you tell them, man, I want to walk. I really want to be where you are in my relationship with God. I see the way he kind of lives his life through you, and I see the way you talk about the Bible, and I see the way you talk about, you know, times where you've had discussions with unbelievers, and I want that. And they're going to say, awesome, let's hang out. 
Let's go to Starbucks. Let, let's go get a burger. And let's talk about real-life Christianity where you love the Lord your God with everything you got and you also love your neighbor as yourself and it works together and your, feet, your faith has feet. But here's what we've done, and I want to apologize to you. Over the last year, if you've been a part of Refuge, we have not put very much emphasis on small groups. Well, here's why. We used to meet on Sunday nights from 6 to 8, uh, but our, our, it was a way awesome move for our church to move our Saturday night service to Sunday night. In about a half an hour, I'm going to be over there leading worship for a bunch of adults. Some of you guys are going to be there, and we have an amazing time on Saturday, Sunday nights over there in the main uh, worship center. But that made us not be able to have refuge at the same time. So we had to bump it back from 5 to about 6-ish, 6.15-ish. And then our small groups are going to go upstairs, and we're going to meet till whenever you can, okay? Well, here's what that turned into. Most people don't go to small group. Or if you do, you're there for like 10 minutes, and you look at your clock, or your mom's texting you and saying, it's 6.30, come down, and that's it. Small group was either non-existent for you or 10 minutes. And that is totally not what we want out of this ministry, okay? And I want to apologize because that was partly us. I talk too much. Ben sings too much. It's like, shut up and let's go to small group. I know. I feel you, okay? Uh, We know that that isn't healthy. So here's why I tell you that. It's because we are going to start, we're going to make some changes at Refuge. We don't know all the details yet. But here's what I want you to know, that whatever we, you know, kind of come out with and let you know, Man, we're doing that not because we want to displace you or we want to, uh, you know, move stuff around. We're doing that because we want to set us up to a place where we can have authentic community. It's all riding on, man, our small groups need to meet longer. And again, if you haven't experienced a small group that you want to meet in longer, man, come talk to me because something's wrong. Whether you're a guy, because I know guys, a lot of guys, what are we going to do? Talk for 45 minutes? Listen, if... Some dudes in this room can tell you, if you're part of authentic community, time doesn't matter. You're just spending time with people. You're not looking at your watch going, oh, my gosh, when can I? No, no, no. When's the last time you hung out and, and played Call of Duty with your friend? Yeah. Okay, you guys are up to like 4 a.m., okay? I see you on Twitter, okay? Stop. Go to bed. But you're, now, I don't know if that's authentic community, but it's community. You're doing something that you both like or you all five like, and you're engaged in it, and you're loving it, and you don't care about the time. So if anyone in this room right now is tuning me out to say, oh, man, I don't, we're going to do longer small groups. Listen, when you really experience authentic community, the length of time matters zero. Because you're in it. Because you're like, dude, this is, this is good for my life. I really enjoy this. I'm, I'm really learning and growing. And I, I look back six months ago, and I'm not the same person in a good God way. And so I want you to know that some changes are coming. We don't know all the details yet. We're working on them, and we, we can't kind of lay out a, a master plan for you tonight. But listen, we're going to be all over social media. We will be calling all you guys. There's some changes going to be happening this fall, and we don't know all the details. But when they come, we want you guys to be on board. Because we're doing it not so that we can, uh, you know, have a better show and more music and more worship and more teaching. We got, we got an awesome amount of that. I think the good amount, we're doing that because we want you to experience community. Uh, I put a kind of a quote to help you remember this as we prepare for, uh, as we prepare for kind of some changes. Here's what it talks about. It talks about church. Church is not a building or a service. It's a people. 
You never look in the Bible and you see the word church. Every time you see the word church, it's good practice. I want you to underline it. And I want you to test that statement. Is he talking about 850 Cactus Avenue? Is he talking about Central Christian Church, that big building? Is he talking about South Hills or Church of South Las Vegas? Is is, is church somewhere you go and you arrive and you knock at their door? We kind of adapt that, that language, but it's really wrong, really wrong. This is a church building. And you didn't go to church tonight because we're sitting in church. This is a church building, and this is called a church service. But the church is a people. In fact, if you are a Christian, you are a part of a huge church that God's working all over the world. And so I want you to really start to get this language of, man, there's people that you desperately need in your life. Why? Because there's going to be times, even as believers, when we are down and out and beat up and the world has robbed us and we need bandages and we need people to come around us like the Good Samaritan and we need them to say, hey, I'm going to take you in and I'm going to take care of you. But when we just come to service, we slip in, our mom made us, and we come out and we say, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I took a couple of notes. I'm going to tweet one later. Uh, yeah, that music was really cool. I like what that, you know, the guy with the tie played on the guitar. I like that. You're not experiencing a life-changing thing here. And we know that. I promise you, Strabes does not think he's changing your life with his guitar solos. I know I'm not changing your life with these messages. What these messages are, are little bits of inspiration, hopefully, to take to your small group for God to just explode. And for you to have awesome conversations that go on for your life. The band can go ahead and load up. And as we do, I want to kind of challenge you back from the the story of the Good Samaritan. There's three people in the story. But really, it's two people because two of the guys did the same thing. There's the, the Levite and the priest and the Samaritan. Which one would you say right now you more relate with? Listen, some of you right here, God has just given you a heart of compassion. And you love spending time with God. You love to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But man, your thing is, my heart breaks for the people in my life that don't know Jesus. That right now are beat up by the world, robbed by the world, sitting desperate for my care. And that's you. That's awesome. But I think the majority of us, especially when we start going to church a lot, we get in the Levite and the priest realm. Man, we got a lot of stuff to do. I got Bible studies to go to. I got refuge to go to. Listen, tweet us or text us or tell your small group leader. If you're going to minister to one of your friends or you're just going to spend time with a friend whose parents just got divorced or something crazy is going on in their life and you can't make it to refuge, praise God. That's awesome. Because those people need you in, in their lives more than we need you in here one week. That's crazy. I'm not saying don't come to refuge. I'm saying if there's people in your life that need you to take them in and bandage their wounds and talk to them and give them real true life, man, do that. We'll see you next week. Some of you guys are here and you're, you're the person that is beat up. And maybe for the first time in your life, you're hearing that there's somebody who can heal you. You just thought life sucks. That's what somebody told me one time. Life just sucks. You just got to kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, life really does sometimes. But there's a healer and there's somebody that really cares enough about you that he died on a cross for you. To rescue you from when the world robs you and leaves you completely helpless. Maybe you got questions about that. Let's talk.
the most important thing that you can do in your life other than give your life to Jesus is get some people around you to do that life with. To speak into that life. To walk with you. To help you when you're hurting. To encourage you when you need encouragement. To celebrate with you when things are awesome. Some of you guys right now are just straight lonely. And so we want to let you know we're setting refuge up in the next long time. The next many years that we want to set it up to be a community. To where you have authentic people in your life that really love you. And when you're down and out and you need bandaged, they can help you. So let's pray and then we're going to worship. We're going to sing to an awesome God tonight.